Hello, friends. How's it going? Welcome to the podcast. Before we get started with our show today, let me remind you about a couple partners of the podcast. First up, Prepped Ready Meals. Prepped and Ready, they offer healthy meals delivered straight to your door. All you have to do is pop them in the microwave. They're good to go. They deliver in all metro Atlanta area. They just partnered with a fitness app called Fit Genie to make deliveries even easier. Go to PreppedReadyMeals.com. Use code BINGE10 at checkout for 10% off your order. That's B-I-N-G-E-1-0 for 10% off your order. Everybody loves healthy meals. Everybody loves meal planning. Well, now you can do it all in one. Go check these guys out. Support them again one more time at binge10 at checkout, preppedreadymeals.com. Our other friends are our friends over at Rebel Boudoir. Have you ever wanted that boudoir session and needed the little nudge to finally do it? Well, now you do. Our listeners will get an automatic discount of $100 off their session fee when they book a session with Jillian at Rebel Boudoir. These sessions make an awesome, unique gift for your wedding day, anniversary, birthday, or it's just an excuse to rock that bod you've got. Go check out Jillian's work for reference on her Instagram at Rebel Boudoir or her website, rebelboudoirstudio.com. Mention us in your inquiry to get that discount. It's a great investment and an experience you definitely won't forget. And now, welcome to the show. It's episode 141 of the Binge Boys podcast, coming to you live from our bedrooms, well, our homes. Uh, Matt and Mitch are joining me again. What up, fellas? How's it going? How's it hey, going? Hey, Logan. Oh, what it's up, Hank. Logan? What up, Matt? Hey, hanging great. Hanging great. <laughs> <laughs> I love to hear that. Guys, before we get into it, go follow Binge Boys podcast on Instagram. Send us with a follow. And those of you who are following that aren't listening, uh, we have a lot more followers on Instagram than listen. And I just realized that this sounds stupid because if I'm talking to the people that don't listen, uh, my efforts here are, are pointless. <laughs> so make sure you're listening along. Leave that rating and review, that five-star rating. If you don't think I deserve five stars, then hit me with that rating that you think I deserve and then leave some constructive criticism in the field below. That's why that's there. So people can read tips from the people that listen. If I'm doing something stupid or if you don't like a take, if you want to talk about it at, at me on Twitter, we can talk about it. Like I'm cool with it. We all, we all love this entertainment world and we all got our own opinions. Let's, let's talk about it. Um, another thing, the other day I dropped a bonus epi of this pod i've talked about this concept a few times called the run through or me and a couple guests not necessarily my co-hosts but if it works out to be my co-hosts when next time or whenever we do one in the future that'd be awesome it's called the run through we talked about jurassic park uh one of my favorite movies of all time if not my favorite movie of all time and uh, we basically broke it down talked about the best quotes the best scenes what's aged the best what aged the worst what we rate the movie, all that stuff. We talk about it in detail. We're going to do a few more. I'm going to try to do a couple more in October. I don't think it'll be an every week thing, maybe every other week, um, just in terms of capacity. We don't 
I'm starting to learn that I don't have time to record all these pots. <laughs> There's not enough hours of the day to make a living as well as uh, record pods. And uh, I don't want to give up my free time on the weekends. So um, I think we're going to try to do one uh, based off of the original John Carpenter's Halloween, closer to Halloween. Uh, and then I kind of want to do another spooky themed one, maybe Nightmare Before Christmas. That's a classic that a lot of people seem to enjoy. Um, so we'll see. Well, keep a keep your head on a swivel because uh, that content's coming at you. Um, but let's get right into it, guys. Uh, we got some headlines, and then we got some stuff, and then we'll round it out with uh, with a top ten, as always. Number one, the Lion King, the live action Lion King movie, is set to get a sequel, a live action sequel, uh, set to be directed by Barry Jenkins, the individual who. Del- uh, who won the best the Oscar a few years ago for Best Picture Moonlight, and he was nominating to uh, for adapting if Beale Street if Beale Street could talk. Both of those movies are very good. Um, Barry Jenkins, a really good filmmaker. Uh, the plot line is under wrap under wraps, but it's told. But sources say the story will further explore the mythology of Mufasa as well as pick up when the original Lion King left off. So I don't think this is a Lion King 2 Simba's Pride live action remake. I think this is uh I think this is its own sequel, not original or a new original uh take. So guys, did you see the live action Lion King? Do you think we need a sequel? I mean, this movie made a an ass ton of money. Uh is this the sequel that nobody asked for, Matt? Uh, that's kind of the vibe I'm getting, but I will say I haven't seen the original, but if Disney's gonna keep all those great people, uh, working that they got together for the first one, then I'm not going to tell them how to spend their money. If they're just going to get Donald Glover, Beyonce, and the rest of them, some, some more money and some more good work to do. So we'll see. What you think, Mitch? Did you guys see the, uh, the new Lion King? Uh, I have not seen the new Lion King, um, but I ca- I kind of uh, agree with Matt there. Like, I-, I think it's cool, I guess, that they're that they're able to, you know, get all the great actors and actresses back and, you know, make a, a sequel. I mean, it'll probably make a bunch of money. So, uh, yeah, very good. Short and sweet. We'll see uh, when we get more details. Hopefully, John Favreau is involved again. He had a hand in making the Jungle Book and the original Lion King, so let's hope he has some kind of involvement, maybe a producer uh, credit or something. We'll see. But um, moving on, uh, Miss Marvel was casted for the Disney Plus series. Can you guys hear me okay? My my P's are coming through my headphones very promptly like very intense can you hear me when i have my microphone this far away yeah i can hear you yeah okay okay um yeah miss marvel was casted for the disney plus live action series that was announced way back when um a newcomer uh um i hope i pronounce her name right probably not uh so sorry to her if she listens she doesn't uh aman villani she is chosen to star in Disney Plus's series based on the comic book character. Um, I'm going to butcher all these names, but I gave it Ka- my best shot, folks. Kamala uh, Khan. Yeah, Kamala Khan is the character. 
um, directors Adil El Arbi, Billa Fala, and Charmin. I can't. I can't say these names. I'm going to Ubaid Shinoy and yeah. Mira Minone. Correct. Uh, are all directors it. for episodes. Um, I don't know anything about this girl. I don't know anything about these filmmakers, but I trust Marvel's decisions um, on their casting. It's cool for them to go for a no-namer um, instead of casting someone like, I think a lot of people were throwing around, uh, what's her name? Uh, Mindy Kaling. She's a great Indian uh, actress. Um, I'm not familiar with many other Indian actors and actresses, but um, I'm sure they're going to get an all-star cast to be in this one, too, of uh, kind of like what they did with Mulan and get a bunch of famous Asian actors. I'm sure mm-hmm. they'll do the same thing with this and get a lot of famous, really talented uh, Indian actors. So I'm excited about it. What do you guys think about Miss Marvel and their decision to, uh, to go with a no-namer? Uh, I think they have a proven track record. I was looking up before this just the IMDb's of the kids that were in uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming, and if you know if some of those uh, sort of secondary and tertiary characters had three acting credits, they were among the most uh, qualified for the role. Um, but I, you know, think it's really cool um, to see you know, Miss Marvel in the iteration of being um, Marvel's first like Muslim hero um, out there, sort of that that version of the character being portrayed when I think it'd be pretty easy to to not. So yeah, pretty excited to to see this, to get finally get some of these uh, Disney plus uh, Marvel shows we were promised years ago. Yeah. Think, Mitch? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think it's uh, really cool that they are, you know, very, they're they're becoming more diverse in a lot of their content. And um, uh, I I, I think it's cool. I don't know very much about uh, the Miss Marvel character, so I'm kind of interested in in, uh, seeing where the show... uh, you know, leads to and like how, how they, how, how they developed the character, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, I'm the same boat. Don't know much about Miss Marvel, but I'm intrigued. Um, I know a lot of fans are calling for, we're calling for her to be a series or a movie. So, um, and like Mitch said, the diversity among their content is getting greater and greater. So um, I'm sure it'll be well, uh, well-made pretty much like every other thing marvel does it's pretty damn well made um so so we'll see it coming uh here's a here's a surprise uh this broke over the weekend uh jamie fox is returning to the mcu to play electro now the the casual fan might not think this is a crazy thing uh however this just opens up an entire wormhole of theories and ideas we probably i'll try my best not to stay too long onto onto it we could have probably made this one of the main topics um just because of the discussion that is involved but essentially jamie fox announced over the weekend i think on saturday that he's going to reprise his role as electric electro in the mcu now for those who are out of the loop jamie fox played electro in the amazing spider-man movie um that is not connected to the marvel universe 
So this raises the question, um, is Marvel and Sony, or are Marvel and Sony uh, doing a live-action Spider-Verse situation where they're going to get Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland and Tobey Maguire together? Or do you think that Marvel admired Jamie Foxx's performance and they just said, screw it, we're just going to bring him over? Or do you think that there's something bigger in play here, Mitch? I hope that there is something uh, bigger at at play at work, and you know, uh, like I hope that they don't just squander the the you know the chance at not making a Spider Verse movie uh, because there's so many things that they could do. Uh, if they decide to like open it up and, and make it like a live action uh, spider verse movie. Um, although I, I get the feeling that they probably aren't going, going to do it, but I don't know. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that, that they, that they go ahead and, and do that. Damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Matt? Yeah, I think there will have to be some kind of play. I Just as I'm thinking here, I feel like this is their uh, way of being able to sort of redo villains that maybe have been in some of the earlier movies. And they're trying to, and like you guys were saying, they had the end of the Spider-Verse to sort of get the conversation started with that. And then maybe this is uh, a villain that goes through, uh, comes out blue the other side, says, no, I'm not doing that. I'm i'm getting the uh lightning bolt uh crazy costume that uh my comic book counterpart had instead so i yeah i think marvel's smart enough to not just make it a uh well we're just gonna put him here and not explain anything not play on kind of the meta-ness of the situation so i i think this i think they'll do something clever i i trust them to do this i agree another popular rumor is that they are going to do this um they could do this with or without the live action spider-verse however it seems that marvel is kind of building up to sinister six um spider-man 3's plot has rumored all over the place at this point to feature craven the hunter um at the end of spider-man homecoming we got or i'm sorry or yeah homecoming we got uh the scorpion in prison uh introduced himself to the vulture um jamie fox's electro uh is here as well as the shocker that was in homecoming too he had a small small role but he uh he was there do you think and then obviously with far from home mysterio with jake gyllenhaal uh do you think marvel is having this super villain team uh gonna face off against tom holland and what if they threw a hail mary attempt and had Tom Holland just getting his ass kicked by all these villains. And then similar to Endgame, like Doctor Strange portal opens and Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield swing in and save the day. <laughs> like, would the audience not shit themselves? <laughs> At this point, I think half the audience would be like, who are those two random guys? And why are they he- Why are they in Spider-Man's outfit? True. <laughs> That'd be so cool, though. Yeah, and then if... Uh the uh rehabilitated uh doc ock from spider-man 2 comes in because he was a good guy at the end there so he 
comes in and helps out you know they got to get us on the on the payroll to start writing these things <laughs> uh yeah i mean and we also have uh venom uh and uh morbius too that uh that could tie into uh future spider-man films at some point uh that's what I, I kind of thought that that's the path that they were going to take is if Venom 2 does well, then maybe by Venom 3, they're going to like, uh, you know, include Venom in like do a crossover of Venom in the Spider-Verse or the Spider-Man movies. Um, but yeah, I think that they, they, they have to know that the fans want a multiverse of Spider-Man yeah. at this point, especially as well as, uh, as well as good as the spider, uh, the animated Spider-Verse movie was, I mean, you, you can't, you can't deny the fans that that that's what they want. Right. So we'll see. Uh, unfortunately, it's going to be probably just like the Spider-Man Marvel deal, where we don't hear sh- where we don't hear shit until a trailer drops, and we're like, okay, so Spider-Man is in Civil War. He's in it. We're ready to go. Um, God, you got you got to think something's going on. And then at the end of the Amazing Spider-Man Two, you get that teaser where they're talking about building up a an army, and you see the guy walking through the lab, and there's like vulture wings, Doc Ock arms, and then the end of the movie he fight faces off against the giant robotic paul giamatti rhino uh yeah so maybe they got something in play here it'd be pretty dope if they did a sinister six but pulled villains from each of the three spider-man universes that would be i'm just getting myself excited talking about it we're gonna move on (laughs) yeah yeah we'll figure out uh uh if uh if if this goes down um but then here's some sad news um i know there's sadder things going on in the world but I'm sick of seeing movies getting delayed, man. Um, we had Tenet. If anything, Tenet teased us in thinking that theaters are going to be back open. We're going to be able to see big blockbusters. Um, Universal has other plans, however. No Time to Die, the new James Bond movie, was supposed to release in November. Uh, now moving to April 2nd, 2021. Uh, God damn it. <laughs> Uh, as well as that pushes off several movies, um, that that move in turn pushes back Minions 2, Halloween Kills, Eternals, Top Gun 2, Jungle Cruise, Black Widow, Quiet Place. All of these movies have been pushed back, but Universal is continuously also pushing shit back. However, Jurassic Park Dominion... That's cool. That's weird that they called it Jurassic Park. That might be a typo, but Jurassic World Dominion uh, is still slated for June 11th. Nothing's changed there. Um, However, Minions 2 uh, moved from July 1st to July 2nd, 2021. Uh, We'll see about that. Um, I guess the big story here is the fact that all of these movies are getting delayed to come out basically consecutively for four months universal could potentially make over a billion and a half dollars next summer from just like they've got james bond uh halloween minions top gun jungle cruise quiet place jurassic park like 
Universal could rule next year. Yeah. They could. However, I think a lot of people are starting to share the sentiment that, uh, and we'll move on and we'll talk about this more in a future story, but a lot of people are worried that these movies are inevitably being pushed back for video on demand release uh, because theaters aren't surviving. AMC is barely clinging on when it reopened. I'm sure with this news, um, I don't want to cut you guys off on the on those release dates, but we'll just combine this into um, a big discussion here that Regal and um, Regal Cinemas is suspending operations at all of its United States uh, locations. Um, they reopened in August, similar to AMC. Uh, however, uh, Regal is suspending more than 500 locations starting this Thursday. Uh, following postponements uh, like No Time to Die. Um, the studios uh, are regretfully reporting that uh, we cannot operate for a long time without a product. They, they can't keep releasing Back to the Future and Empire Strikes Back and keep afloat. They gotta have some big name shits coming out and uh, they don't. Uh, so, guys, with those release dates, with Regal's announcement, does it make you guys any more uh, sold on the fact that COVID could have in could have inevitably killed the theater going experience? What do you think, uh, Mitch? Uh, yeah, this is a this is a blow. Uh, I, I, I thought for sure that when Tenet was released, I was like, okay, it's really slow. They aren't getting a lot of business, but the movie's out. They, they made some money. Um, I, I think it all just comes down to, is COVID going to be like mostly cleared up by the time, uh, by, by next year? Like, so that way these movies can come out and um, they can make the revenue that they are supposed to be making off of these movies. Or is it, are we still going to be dealing with COVID? So I, it's, it's hard to, to try and uh, imagine like, oh, these could be, these movies could be pushed back again after uh they just got pushed back and uh, it's frustrating. I, I was, I was getting excited to be able to, to go back and, and watch some of the movies that were going to be coming out this fall and winter. But now that they're getting pushed back again, uh, I, I'll just play the waiting game and see where, where we're at by this time next year, not this time next year, but like by next year, next spring or whatever, whenever the movies decide to, to actually come out. So Matt, what you, what you got on your mind? Yeah, it, it's just a bummer. Um, definitely, you know, going to the movies is one of those things that seems like is going to take a really long time to, to come back and it's not getting any easier with all with you know sort of the, the big players in the industry really wanting to hold back not just the theaters themselves but like you were saying the studios like 
if movie if new movies aren't coming out, yeah, you you said it. You can only show so many you know classic screening nights before people are like, yeah, this is fine, but you know I'm paying thirty bucks all in to be here after I got like my tickets and my popcorn to go see a movie that I can rent for four bucks like on my couch or whatever. Um, so I think there'll be kind of like a like a years long lag just in how movies come out there'll be you know the next little while i feel like it'll shift to on demand and stuff and then maybe after um you know just this disease gets under control there's a uh, sort of a, a new resurgence of the theater and i'm you know really looking forward to that <laughs> mainly because when that happens you know covid will be over but also get to have some uh movies uh, Logan, I know you're big into the going to the theater experience, so this has to be tough for you as well. Yeah, I mean, and, and it kind of wraps into what Mitch said, I think, a couple weeks ago, where they keep delaying Wonder Woman, and with Marvel delaying their movies, and with these movies now getting delayed, like my ex- not only like are my hopes being let down. But like my excitement is kind of dying. Like at this point, I would rather just them release them on Apple or Amazon for us to all be able to just rent at this point. I mean, um, maybe the, the theaters can cut a deal with with Netflix or something like can you like if you imagine that tomorrow Netflix was like, we're releasing No Time to Die on Saturday. Everybody watch it like Netflix's numbers are going to skyrocket you'd think that maybe universal can work out some kind of deal or something. I, I, I don't really get how streaming services besides subscriptions. Of course, I don't get how they make their money. Like how do they pay the, the actors and directors and stuff, the, the millions of dollars they get just from streaming platforms. I don't really get it. I need to look more into it, but yeah, this is a damn blow. Like I don't want to go and see fast and furious nine on my living room TV that deserves to be lived on a big screen star wars marvel jurassic park these movies need to be experienced on a big screen i get maybe a drama like one of my favorite movies of last year richard jewel um maybe you could watch that at home but like a a movie that is a spectacle that is filmed with imax cameras deserves to be consumed in an imax format um Obviously, if if this really truly changes the industry, then directors and filmmakers and studios will pivot. But like, how, you got to think that this is gonna. Like, I'm just trying to think. Like, studios are gonna have to accept that fifty million dollars of a return is good. Yeah, like, you know, like Mulan made like forty million dollars its opening weekend with a budget of two hundred. Like, filmmakers are just gonna have to accept that maybe your return isn't as instantaneous maybe it's a slow burn and you make your money back over time um but maybe this uh we'll see guys this this sucks i'm, I'm tired of, i'm literally fucking sick of talking about these getting delayed it's bullshit we're over it if it makes you upset anymore this past weekend we would have been in the theaters seeing venom 2 uh that's crazy isn't mm-hmm. it isn't that wild we would have seen. Think about. It, we would have seen James Bond by now. We would have seen uh, the Eternals next month. We would have seen Black Widow by now. 
we have just seen all these damn movies that are just it, it feels like at this point that disney plus is just going to be like yeah you know that subscription you pay us well if you pay us another hundred dollars a month you can see all of our big name titles and you know what's and crazy? if there's going to be that many movie that many new movies coming out like as as rapid succession as you said i'll gladly show up the hundred bucks for it that's well, so many yeah I, that's the thing is idiot consumers like me are going to be like well if i can't see it in the theaters and i can't rent it on amazon or apple then i guess i'll pay the hundred dollars to see black widow i I don't know it's it's stupid let's move on to to (laughs) something less fucking depressing well this might be equal as as a depressing uh amc uh amc plus has entered the chat (laughs) amc uh opened a started a streaming service um amc not the theater chain you silly boys and girls amc the tv channel home from home of walking dead mad men uh breaking bad right um yeah 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 and they have a streaming service now and it's called amc plus in case apple tv plus and disney plus didn't confuse you enough uh there's a whole lot of pluses out there um so over the weekend, AMC expanded its availability to Apple and Amazon channels. Um, here's what you get in your AMC Plus bundle. You get AMC, which uh, will have launch episodes for The Walking Dead, Killing Eve, and the series that I mentioned earlier. Shudder, which is an essential offering for fans of horror and suspense mm-hmm. uh, movies and documentaries. Sundance Now offers a rich selection of original and exclusive movies and series. IFC Films Unlimited, a streaming channel featuring a broad collection of theatrically released and award-winning titles from IFC Films, and Linear Network, an ad-free linear channel with some of AMC's best programming. The service is available now, and it costs $8.99 a month after a seven-day trial. Guys... I know the answer to this question, but you, will you be subscribing to AMC Plus? Uh, uh, no, Logan, I will not. <laughs> yes, I will not be subscribing as well. <laughs> I, I don't know who's paying for this. Um, if you're a big Walking Dead fan and they take Walking Dead off of Netflix and you want to be able to stream it, that's an attractive offer. I think they yanked Mad Men off of Netflix and put it on here. I think so, yeah. Uh, I'm glad I watched it when I did, though, because Mad Men is a stellar uh, TV show. Yeah. Um, love me some John Hamm. But, uh, whew, John Hamm. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there, there's not much to say here. Uh, this is maybe one of the weaker of the streaming services that's launched in 2020. Um, I'd say even Apple TV Plus has a leg up on AMC Plus. Uh, I don't know. You guys want to move on? <laughs> yeah, there's not really much to say. It's just AMC's kind of like they have some prestige. They have some kind of like pretty like wide appeal. They're just very weird, and I just don't see their their lane here. Yeah, I I I don't get it. It, it almost just feels like a shoehorned conversation of like, well, Apple's doing it, Disney's doing it, uh. 
why don't we do it? We have a bunch of really good shows on TV, right? And they're like, what yeah. about Mad Men? And they're like, oh, that's over. And he's like, uh, okay, what about Breaking Bad? And he's like, that's over. It's like, uh, Saul. Walking Dead, that's ending next year. Uh, well, why don't we put them all up in case people want to rewatch them? That, that's what this feels like. <laughs> yeah, very shoehorn. Yeah. I think you said that. Yeah. Um, so, whatever. <laughs> I will do without AMC Plus. Um, moving on. Uh, so over the weekend, or actually two weekends ago, a film on Netflix was released. It's called Enola Holmes. Uh, this film, background information, two hours and three minutes, released September 23rd on Netflix, rated PG-13, starring Millie Bobby Brown, Henry Cavill Moore, directed by Harry Bradbeer. Great name, Bradbeer. Uh, <laughs> not a bad name. Um, <laughs> and the synopsis reads as, when Enola Holmes' Sherlock teen sister discovers her mother missing, she sets off to find her becoming a super sleuth in her own sleuth. That's a weird word. Yeah. Uh, in her own right, as she outwits her famous brother and unravels a dangerous conspiracy around a mysterious young lord. Um, before I ask for y'all's take, I'll just be straight up with you and tell you that I watched a solid 30 to 45 minutes of this movie and turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'll go on record and say that this is a very unpopular opinion, and if you want to flame me for it, please, by all means do. I don't give a shit about millie bobby brown really uh, she's great in stranger things she was good in the godzilla horrible sequel uh but this i i don't know i just couldn't jive with it man like i i love me some henry cavill mm -hmm. um but it hit his all the performances just felt and again this is my opinion if you guys liked it i'm not trying to shame you or anything this just it felt forced to me, very forced. It was like Netflix was like, huh, Sherlock Holmes, one of the most famous characters of all time. You know, he had a sister. Uh, I guess he does now. What if we name her Enola and have her have her own movie? Uh, you're sure that's going to work? Trust me. We'll get we'll get Eleven and Superman to be in it. <laughs> uh, that 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 feels like I, I don't know, guys. Uh, am I crazy for? disliking this movie i know you gave it matt a, a three out of five did you hate this flick no so to not to uh uh tarnish your nope, fantastic nope. fantastic impression of the netflix headquarters just a few <laughs> seconds ago but uh so i watched this and i was, I was like this movie's like, this movie's okay i feel like there's some part of it that i'm just like missing so i just like googled around a little bit it turns out it's based off of a like YA like young adult book series and after I read that it kind of all like clicked into place how it does seem very like I don't know sort of like fan fictiony in like the the Sherlock Holmes universe but trying to do it from like a different perspective which you know I'm definitely down for and I think that I didn't see the uh Godzilla sequel you alluded to so seeing Millie Bobby Brown in a role where she actually has to emote and talk was very uh was very interesting to see so given for what it was um I liked it well enough given that I'm not a uh teen to preteen girl which I think was their target demo uh yeah 
Yeah, Mitch, what what you, did you watch this movie? Yes, I, I did. I watched it. Uh, I think I gave it like a three out of five as well. Uh, and I completely agree with Matt on this one that it the demographic for the movie is definitely like young girls, like preteen to teenage girls. I mean, the acting I didn't think was that bad. Um, I think Millie Bobby Brown, her acting kind of varies throughout the movie, but um, it is like her first role other than Stranger Things that she's been in. So um, Henry Cavill was okay, but not I wouldn't have picked him as being Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Uh, I guess that's coming from me who I watched the Sherlock TV show, the one with Benedict Cumberbatch and seeing like the two different Sherlock's is kind of weird because I always pictured Sherlock Holmes to be like a very obscure, uh, like weird and out there kind of detective, not Henry Cavill, Superman, you know, like, not like jaw of a, of a God. (laughs) yeah <laughs> charming physical perfection yeah yeah it has like an yeah. eight pack <laughs> uh so it was uh it was um it's a film um i <laughs> i wouldn't say that it was bad like it was it was all right um like i would have i prefer watching a movie like that over some of the other like garbage teenage movies that that they have on netflix that are like i'm trying the one that came to mind it was like the kissing booth or whatever yeah. like that that has like no real substance <laughs> in the entire movie whereas this actually like the detective work that they do in the movie was actually pretty pretty neat like you know the word problems and like mm-hmm. trying to solve trying to solve stuff was pretty neat. So, I mean, I feel like if I had like a daughter or uh, a younger sister or something that that would be a good movie uh, to, to watch, I guess. Uh, and I liked it better than Mulan. Like it was <laughs> watchable. So I don't know. Like it's so it's weird. I don't know. Maybe I don't get me wrong. I don't want to sit here and I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I didn't give it a fair shot by only watching it for 45 minutes. But I'll tell you what, maybe I was just in a pissy mood or something. But like, as soon as I turned it on and she like started looking at the camera and was like talking to it, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, like, I thought that was kind of like I thought that was kind of funny, but they overdo that bit so much in the movie. Like at first I was like, oh, cool. She's like breaking the fourth wall and like talking to the audience i was like that's pretty cool but then they do it like 10 more times during yeah. the movie and i'm just like okay i get it you're talking to me too like please stop <laughs> <laughs> i think once she like even like asks breaks the fourth wall to like ask a question i'm like yeah. is this blues clues what's going on <laughs> here or the explorer <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so um i don't want to discredit the acting i'm sure henry cavill and it almost feels just like like when they casted this movie they're like who are two really big netflix stars henry cavill from the witcher and Millie bobby brown from stranger things i don't know maybe i'll go back and re-watch it and try it my girlfriend watched it she said she thought it was 
enjoyable, watchable. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, she is a uh, a female that might have been more attracted to the audience, like more in that demographic. Um, I don't know. I just got a horrible vibe. Like it didn't send a shiver down my spine, but as soon as she started talking to the camera, I was like, Oh no, <laughs> I'm yeah. not going to like this movie, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, there's a Nola Holmes for you guys. If you, uh, if you need something to stream, stream it. Uh, or if you're like me and hate movies, <laughs> sorry millie bobby brown then don't watch it but if um, you like fourth wall breaks and need to babysit put it on <laughs> yeah i mean the first time she broke the fourth walls and be like oh it's gonna be one of those but then like when she did it two and a half minutes later i was like oh it's one of those yeah not like not like house of cards where uh kevin spacey broke the fourth wall like every other episode like once to talk to the camera more like every other minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she wasn't delivering some of those uh spacey monologues. So no. not quite not quite a one to one. Some of those didn't age well, obviously, with I Kevin. think that whole show has aged poorly. Given, <laughs> with uh, Kevin Spacey being a creep. <laughs> so so um so we'll move on from Enola Holmes. Uh an album came out last weekend. One that I uh, had been looking forward to for some time because I'm a trash Atlanta hip hop fan. Um, <laughs> Savage Mode Two uh, from Twenty One Savage and Metro Boomin. Uh, Metro Boomin being a very popular and well known producer. Um, album came out uh, kind of on a whim. Twenty One Savage had been kind of teasing and dropping weird things on his Twitter lately, so I was like. Something's coming. And then they had a dope teaser trailer narrated by Morgan Freeman, which was like the shit. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? Um, But you know damn well because everyone's quarantining. Someone just hit up Morgan Freeman, was like, hey, will you do like a minute and a half voiceover for this rap album? He was like, sure. (laughs) Um, So, uh, Matt, did you, Matt and Mitch, did you guys listen to this piece of uh, music? I did. Uh, I listened to about half of the album. I didn't finish the full album, but you gave it a stab. Yeah, I I went for it. Uh, I'm not a big, uh, well, select few R&B, hip hop, rap artists I listen to, but uh, I figured I'd I'd try Twenty One Savage. And the beginning of the album's pretty. I enjoyed the beginning of the album. The beats are pretty nice. Uh, they vary. Um, you know, he, I, there's only probably a certain amount of times that I could hear the word pussy said on most of those <laughs> tracks. <laughs> uh, but, but I think that may be his thing. Like that he does that on all of his albums. I don't know, but, um, <laughs> uh, like it wasn't bad. I mean, the, the raps themselves, uh, themselves were pretty, uh, like they weren't, they were pretty good. I mean, I, I'm not one to to really critique anything. I thought that it was all, from what I listened to. I think I got up to like sliding, uh, and it was it wasn't bad. So, yeah, um, I I'm a 21 fan. I don't want to say I'm a super fan, but more specifically, when 21 Savage teams up with Metro Boomin is when uh, people tend to get excited. 
they dropped Savage Mode 1, I think, back in like maybe 2012, something like that. And then they came out with a, a, a mixtape a few years later called Without Warning that was really, really popular. Um, Metro Boomin and 21 Savage make good music together because, I mean, it's when I say good music, like, you know what you're getting when you listen to 21 Savage. Like, he makes in an interview with him, I'm about to quote him. Uh, he makes murder music. He, <laughs> he makes music that isn't supposed to be played to get uh, hype for uh, a football game or a party. He's playing. I mean, while he's got sometimes he raps fast, he's got more of a slower, more cadence. cadence. Yeah, he's got yeah. a slower the delivery. Flow. He's got that like groggy, like like you need to clear your throat kind of voice. <laughs> Um, I love how he addressed in one of the songs. This just came to mind that he's from the UK. Yeah, yeah. He was like, "I'm from the UK. Y'all still can't deport me or some shit like that." I thought that was funny. I, um, I think he rhymed it with, with AK as well. <laughs> <laughs> See that that alone tells you all you need to know about this artist. He rapped UK with AK. Yeah. Um. But I, I enjoyed it. I mean, there's some songs in there that I could do without, but there's some songs I liked. I enjoyed that first song mm-hmm. um, with the really slow build-in and then the beat drops and he just starts going at it. Um, I enjoyed w- the one that he had with Drake. Yeah. Drake had a pretty good feature in there. Um, I I got what I expected from a 21 Savage and Metro Boomin album. I'll just say that. I, I enjoyed myself listening through. I'll go back and listen to more of it. Um, I'm a 21 fan, so this was this was a uh, this was a good listen for me. This kind of uh, 2020, at least in the hip hop realm, I can't speak for all the other genres, has been a very slow year for music. Same with film. So um, so this was relieving to listen to. Uh, of course, Big Sean had his album. And I think Chance the Rapper's album came out really early this year. Maybe late last year. I forget. I think um, late last year. Yeah. I think that's when uh, the big disappointment came out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I enjoyed it. I gave it a four out of five. It'll probably be one of my favorite albums of the year. Uh, again, you know what you're getting when you're listening to 21 Savage. You're not getting J. Cole or Kendrick Lamar or Logic. You're not getting like meaningful message behind the music type shit. You're going to listen, like Mitch said, a guy rap about pussy, jewelry, fast cars, and guns. Like, that's I mean, he's, he like, I also got that he was like rapping about his life and stuff, which I mean, most rappers, that's what their story is. They're rapping about their life, but it definitely is a different uh, world uh, than anything that I it's not like a meta album like the artist that you said so i don't know yeah i can agree well said matt do you have any closing thoughts on uh savage mode 2 or should we just kick this bitch off with our top 10 female-led movies just one thing to say this was uh my second favorite atlanta-based artist who had a song featuring morgan freeman with the first being bob <laughs> bob's from atlanta he I is huh. i think so i mean i'm not surprised i mean every, it seems like every out rapper with the exception of wiz khalifa and travis scott are from atlanta yeah um but all right bet 
top 10 female-led movies. Y'all know the drill. We'll go 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, all the way to 1. Uh, in order, I'll, I'll start us off. I'll give my number 10. Uh, I changed it last minute. No, nope, you know what? Fuck it. I submitted it to Emily. I'm going with it. Legally Blonde. There you go. Uh, Reese Witherspoon, um, a classic comedy, uh, a great female-led movie, of course. I love Reese Witherspoon. She's one of my favorite female actresses. She's one of those actresses that just delivers. Um, so, I, so I like Legally Blonde. I've seen the play, I think, more than I've seen the movie. I saw the play not too i watched it on youtube or something not too long ago i was in one of those youtube wormholes and i was like shit i guess i'll watch it um i haven't seen the movie in ages though but i remember it being a good time so yeah legally blonde matt what you got my number 10 is captain marvel um you know gotta go with the uh marvel choice on this pod and i really like this one because i think it's did something that the mcu hasn't done really since um the first Avenger and kind of go back in time. And I always like a good uh, time travel. And it's weird to see the nineties be the subject of uh, as much nostalgia as it was in this movie. But yeah, my number 10 is uh captain Marvel. Mitch, where are you at for number 10? Uh, I have underworld or the underworld uh, franchise with Kate Beckinsale. Uh She's a really good actress, and you can't go wrong with vampire movies. A uh, lot of, lot of uh, choices I could have had with another vampire franchise, but I went with Underworld because uh, it's a better franchise. <laughs> <laughs> I think we know what you're alluding to there, Mitch. It's a hot take. Um, <laughs> number nine, I'll go, uh, I got Mean Girls. Um, another classic, I guess you could call it a chick flick, but it's viewed by all genders. Uh, uh, several quotable lines in that movie. Um, a lot of actresses before they became real big and famous. A good, a good comedy that I I visit, I revisit every so often. It's a, it's a solid funny movie. So mm -hmm. that's my number nine. What you got, Matt? Uh, number nine, Mean Girls. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. Just like you said, just something that uh, you know has really sort of stood the test of time better than probably anyone who was making it thought it would. Uh, lots of good memes. We're recording this slightly after uh, October third, so that maybe yeah. that's why uh, it made my list. But um, yeah, not not much else to uh, repeat here. We're uh, recording on Monday, but uh, remember on Wednesdays we wear pink. This is yeah. There we go. See, they just keep going. Uh, <laughs> what's your number nine, Mitch? Uh, I have Lucy at number nine, which was a movie. I'm I forget the year that it came out, but it stars Scarlett Johansson. Uh, she, you know, another to follow up. Uh, vamp ki vampires kicking ass. I got Scarlett Johansson kicking ass uh, in a movie called Lucy. It was, I think, about uh, this woman who basically gets, uh, like, drugged up, and then she goes on a roid rage and goes and kills some people uh, for revenge. So, <laughs> um, 
it's a pretty good movie. I'd, uh, I'd recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number eight. Uh, I put Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, this movie got a hell of a lot of attention. Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron. That actress uh, <laughs> that does a lot of really cool things. Um, alongside Tom Hardy. Uh, they kicked ass. It was one of the better movies that came out that year. Not a big Mad Max guy, but that movie kind of sold me on the franchise. Um, so yeah, Mad Max yeah. Fury Road, what you got, Matt? Uh, at number eight, I'm going to keep it in the realm of comedy for my last pick and go Bridesmaids. That was kind of a unique thing because I, I mean, not the whole thing, but parts of, I mean, the the uh, dress trying on scene in particular, I think is the most like gross out comedy featuring only females that I've ever seen. So I thought that was pretty unique and the movie as a whole was good. And I thought the the message was also kind of relatable being in the age of people getting married and just having to yeah, <laughs> be, be there for all of them and stretch the pocketbook uh, as best you can. So number eight, uh, Bridesmaids. Um, Mitch, what's your number eight? Uh, I have an obscure number eight. Uh, this movie called Girl Interrupted. Uh, this movie stars Winona Ryder and also Angelina Jolie. Um, it is a movie about uh, basically like personality disorder, bipolar disorder, um, and in like the 1950s or 60s. Um, is based off of a book. Um, I haven't read the book, but the movie, I saw the movie, uh, and it was, uh, really good, uh, and stars two really good actresses. So I have that at number eight, Girl Interrupted. Alrighty. Number seven for me, uh, I will throw in the Hunger Games series. Jennifer Lawrence really made a name for herself. Um, in that, uh, I'm, I mean, she's famous here and there in other films and roles, but this is where she got her blockbuster appeal. Hunger Games. Good uh, good overall series. I, I enjoyed them all. Mm -hmm. Matt, what you got? Seven. Uh, for number seven, I'm going to go off of Mitch, a uh, sort of two big star movie, a psychological thriller, uh, Black Swan. Uh, Natalie Portman and Mila Kunis, you know, I'm not a big big ballet guy but that was really kind of a, a minor part of it and just um you know sort of accessing your your dark side sometimes <laughs> it was trying to be metaphorical but it often turned into a uh, literal and you never quite knew what was going on and I, I thought it was a really cool movie um at the time when i saw it it was pretty pretty unique so yeah i haven't seen it in a while but maybe i'll change that it is kind of spooky so, um, Mitch, what's your number seven? Uh, I have Lady Bird at number seven with Saoirse Ronan. Uh, also stars uh, a little little known actor, Tim Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> uh, but uh, Saoirse Ronan steals the steals the movie uh, with really good acting. Um, I think she won some awards for. The movie i could be wrong though 
I think she was nominated at least, but um, the movie's really good and uh, kind of like a young, kind of like a young adult movie. I don't know, like I coming think she of age, coming of age movie. Yeah, there that that's better phrasing for it. But yep, Lady Bird at number seven. All right, number six. I put Captain Marvel. Matt, uh, Matt hit it on the head. Uh, long overdue for a female-led Marvel movie. We've had some great female characters. Good that Captain Marvel was the first, and then we're getting, of course, Black Widow, and then Miss Marvel with a TV series that'll be big for the uh, for them as well as Scarlet Witch. So yeah, Captain Marvel, solid Marvel movie. Not my favorite, but a pretty good. Uh, start to the female-led Marvel movies. Matt, number uh, number six. Uh, number six, um, Logan. I don't know if you just when you said this one, if you were talking about the whole series or just one. But I'm doing the Hunger Games like as a as a series. Um, you know, there's I have my favorites in there, but but I'll acknowledge the the work put in as a whole. All some you know they're pretty similar, but some different stuff that Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, does i think if i had to you know pick my first one uh, my favorite one it'd be the first one um i just like the sort of survival game the you know game itself of it i think that uh that's the one i think of when i think of the the series and yeah a lot of good performances jennifer lawrence is probably the best one in there so yeah um mitch what's your number six uh to follow up uh your number six i have uh, Silver Linings Playbook uh, with Jennifer Lawrence as well. Um, really excellent movie. Uh, probably one of my favorites. Uh, I'm surprised I didn't bump it up higher, but uh, solid acting. Her and Bradley Cooper are really good in the movie. And uh, it's another movie about uh, um, bipolar disorder and depression and stuff like that. So it's kind of... Uh, informational take on uh those two disease or like mental illnesses i guess um and i really enjoyed it um silver linings playbook well dope my number five matt said it earlier bridesmaids a really fucking funny movie starring all females Kristen wig melissa mccarthy especially the standout that was kind of the birth of that comedy duo um yeah i one of the funniest comedies i think a lot of people say it's one of the funniest comedies ever made i think the funniest female driven comedy ever made uh and yeah that like you said matt that that dress trying on scene just that's one of the funniest scenes in comedy i think like that's that's a solid fucking movie really funny uh, all the ladies deliver stellar performances. So yeah, Bridesmaids is my five. What you got, Matt? Uh, for number five, another uh, another grouping on my part. So the Star Wars uh, seven, eight, and nine. So Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker, and then Rogue One. So kind of the the modern incarnation of Star Wars. Um, with the uh, the main series entries, I thought. Um, Turning Daisy Ridley? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that she was a really good um, lead Jedi to sort of follow throughout it. Um, 
obviously a great supporting cast around her. Um, and then I really liked Rogue One because it felt a lot more gritty than a lot of the the previous ones that had uh, come before and just kind of the different fighting styles and like other stuff and different kinds of action that were in that movie compared to others and just the way they played with um, having the characters be, you know, not stormtroopers or not uh, pilots, just kind of be normal <laughs> Uh, re- not rebels. That's not the right word. Uh, smugglers, you know, whatever. In that one, so yeah, I'll sh- shut up and stop talking about Star Wars and let uh Mitch say a few words on his number five. Uh, my number five is Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, so Logan, you touched on this movie, and uh, I, it was uh definitely one of my favorite movies of that particular year that it came out. Um, I think I saw it like four or five times. Um, But Charlize Theron, she is an excellent actress and uh, pretty much good in everything she's in. Uh, But I think she definitely took a step in a different direction with her movie choices. I think that started her like somewhat action uh, like roles after that she was in after that movie. I think she was in Atomic Blonde uh, more recently, which is another really good movie that uh, kind of ties with Mad Max, in my opinion, uh, for my number five. But uh, Logan, what do you have for number four? I've got. I'm glad you asked, Mitch. I've got. Uh, I've got Alien. Uh, and I really was only thinking of the first one. However, I think I share the opinion with many others in saying that I think Alien, Aliens, I think is the sequel's name, uh, is better than Alien. Um, Alien being more horror-based, Aliens being more survival horror action-based. Um, believe it or not, I saw Alien and Aliens for the first time two years ago had never seen them before for some reason uh co-worker let me borrow them and i was amazed uh uh really fucking good movies sigourney weaver really really good actress she's not doing much work now unfortunately she was in avatar maybe she'll be in this in the sequel the one that's taken 20 years to make uh but um yeah alien solid movie uh really good uh action sci-fi saga uh from back in the day so yeah alien what you got uh number four there matt for number four i have v for vendetta um it's a movie that i seem i always forget how sort of not like complicated that's not really the right word but just how many like different little sections there are in that one um and that kind of natalie portman is is there to kind of lead you through the the world i always like movies that sort of take place in like a alternative alternate reality but don't really fully explain it like right off the bat they sort of put you like you know over the shoulder of like a character who experiences and explores it and um i think the you know stuff that she goes through in that um just really cemented her in my mind as a really really solid actress and i was a big fan i really like the book so yeah it was a natural fit to uh select v for vendetta 
on my number four. Uh, Mitch, what's your four? Uh, at number four, I have Rogue One. At number four, uh, Felicity Jones, she pretty much runs the show in this Star Wars movie, and I know you already talked about it, Matt, um, so I'm not going to talk too much about it, but, uh, you know, a lot of action, a lot of, uh, you learn a, a lot about her character in the movie, and um, a solid film, so. Uh, Logan, what do you have at number three? Thanks again for asking, Mitch. Uh, I've got uh, Wonder Woman at my number three. Really dig uh, the performance Gal gave in Wonder Woman. Um, I think a lot of people were worried, but uh, she delivered. She was great. She's been great in all the DC films she's been in. She was good in Batman vs. Superman for the short time she was given. She was good in Justice League for the, the movie she was given there. Um, really excited for Wonder Woman too. Whenever we see it, um, but yeah, Wonder Woman was my number three. Matt, uh, what you got? Uh, hate to do this again, but my number three is Wonder Woman. Uh, agree with uh, everything that you said, and the only thing I'll I'll add on since we're focusing on you know great female-led movies, I think the scenes on Themyscira at the beginning of uh, Wonder Woman were some of my favorites, some really inventive action with the, the Amazons there and the use of horses and, and spears and all that. And I just really enjoy a really sort of different take on like an action scene and when it can be all female led, you know, uh, I'll take, I'll definitely take it. Um, Mitch, what, what barely scrapes into your top three? I've got knives out. At number three, uh, large cast, a lot of female uh, actresses in this movie. Uh, but the one that I think stole the show for me was uh, Anna de Armas. Uh, she's one of my favorite upcoming actresses. She'll be in James Bond's No Time to Die. Um, and, you know, she's she's gorgeous. <laughs> Uh, but she acts really well in this movie. Uh, and I don't really want to spoil the movie itself, but it's kind of like a detective, uh, mystery type of film. So, uh, highly recommend it just came out, I think last year or maybe two years ago now, I think it was last year though. Um, and won a bunch of awards and is a really good film. Logan, what you got? In your top three, number two. Number two uh, was A Star is Born. Uh, came out a couple years ago. Uh, Lady Gaga gave an Oscar-worthy performance portraying that character. Bradley Cooper, obviously, directing, writing, and starring. But Lady Gaga really showed us that she can act. I mean, she's been in American Horror Story. She's uh, she's done a couple television roles, but this is the one that kind of said, OK, so Lady Gaga can really freaking act. And uh, she did really well. Um, the movie says a lot about addiction and and stuff like that. So I was a fan of those messages as well. All around a good film with great music. Uh, Matt, number two. Uh, my number two is Ocean's Eight. To pull the curtain back, we were originally thinking about talking spy movies, and I couldn't 
no matter what we were doing, I couldn't uh, call any of the Ocean's spy movies, even though they kind of have the same kind of plot thing going on. So when we decided to talk about uh, female-led movies, I knew that uh, this one would definitely have to find its way in. I thought the setting around like the Met Gala um, was really interesting. Um, I think they used the the talent that they were able to get for this movie um, really well. It was funny. A lot of the uh, the members of the eight didn't really seem to be acting. Rihanna was just kind of a badass who knew exactly what she was doing. Uh, Anne Hathaway was someone who took herself way too seriously. Just like all these things that I feel like were um roles that were made for the talent they got for them and not the other way around which probably is a biggest is a bit just a big compliment to the uh to the performance more than anything else so yeah i just really like a good heist and this was one of the best ones i've seen uh mitch what's your number two at number two i have ex machina which is a film that is it stars three three different actors and one actress uh the actress that leads the film uh, is alicia vikander um it is a movie about ai and how what happens in uh in a world where ai could take a form of having consciousness and stuff like that. It's a really interesting concept and uh, really good acting. I think it also stars a few other known actors uh, in the movie, Uh, but Alicia Vikander, she steals the show um, because she acts, she's plays a, uh, an AI robot um, that's developing consciousness. So I think that's a really cool, uh, this one was tough for me because I, I almost had this at number one. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, but yeah, ex machina at number two, what you got at number one, Logan. My number one is the little Mer. No, it's, uh, my number one is rogue one. Uh, I won't touch on it anymore because you guys hit the nail on the head. Uh, she knocks it out of the park matt like you said amazing more gritty felt more like star wars because you know we always see the star wars from the jedi perspective we never really see the soldiers on the front line rogue one gave us that uh and of course the strong performance from her um i i hope to see more of her in the cassian andor series that happens on disney plus i know i mean spoiler if you haven't seen rogue one or a new hope really or empire strikes back also uh they died in the end of rogue one but um i hope to somehow see her in more stuff i know she was rumored to play black cat in a spider uh man movie way back when so love to see more work from her underappreciated actress for sure that was my number one matt what you got running us out uh, my number one is American Hustle. Now, this is a movie that's pretty strong all around, but I really think that without the performances of Amy Adams and Jennifer Lawrence, this doesn't hit quite as hard. Playing very different roles than um, 
than you'd kind of expect of them. They're just for two, you know, movie stars. These are some pretty um, unglamorous roles that they play, just as uh, con people or Jennifer Lawrence, kind of like the the victim, like of the con. I I thought the movie was really interesting, and it's. It, like I was saying in my last one, this is kind of a heist movie. It's at least like a con artist movie. So I think I'm just finding out that that I really like uh, those kinds of movies. So, yeah. Uh, where's your number one, Mitch? I'm very interested to hear. Uh, I, number one, I have Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Starring Kate Winslet and uh, Jim Carrey. Uh, but Kate Winslet... Her acting is so uh, excellent in this movie because she she basically it, like uh, I I just rewatched this movie uh, recently so I have a lot to say that I could say about this film um, because it's it's so good um, but her character is so she her range in this movie is so. Uh, it's so broad and stuff like that. So it it's a highly recommended movie uh, from me that I would suggest uh, watching. It's on Netflix. Um, but the acting is just uh, really good. It also has uh, Kirsten Dunst, uh, Mark Ruffalo, uh, solid, solid film. Um, but Kate Winslet, uh, excellent actress. Uh, I could have thrown Titanic in there, or a couple other of her movies, but this movie is one of my favorites. Um, so, Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind. Well, that rounds it out, fam. Next week, uh, I think we'll do top ten sitcoms. So Ooh. that'll be a fun one to do. Uh, we've done some movie ones lately, but let's go top ten sitcoms for next week. Um, I think I'll tease that at the end of each one. <laughs> um, yeah, guys, that was episode 141. Uh, like I said at the top, give us a follow on the socials, Binge Boy Podcast. Make sure you've left that rating and review. Make sure you've, uh, yeah, done that. The other things came from my mind. Uh, have a good week. Uh, make it, everybody stay positive. If you're feeling stressed. Uh, you know, take time from work, take uh, mental health days. Those are important nowadays. Uh, make sure you're, I know everyone's pushing this and we have a platform, so we might as well make sure everyone's registered to vote. Um, you got to be registered to vote. Uh, even if you don't agree with the two options that we've got, uh, make sure you're registered. It's, a, it's an American right to vote. Um, you should be able to use that. Uh, you should be able to exercise that as you see fit. Um, yeah, guys, I think that's it. Uh, until next week. Cool. See ya. <laughs> Get out there and vote. Get out there and vote. Bye-bye.